0: Hi, this is Vernon Kay taking you behind the scenes with your favourite players in the England Rugby podcast with O2 Inside Line. Today we're at the England training camp at Pennyhill Park, and it's my pleasure to say that we are joined by. I really enjoy the music. I listen to the music sort of whenever I'm driving,
1: and I, and I do like I take a keen interest in like listening to sort of like new releases and all these and stuff. That. And it isn't to everyone's taste because sort of it's quite repetitive and there aren't <laughs> many words.
0: But um... <laughs> that's dance music for you. Yes, England's Harry Williams. He sits down with me for an in-depth chat. And boy, does it get in-depth. And I'm excited to tell you that Eddie Jones is back with us. He'll be taking us through a day in the life of Eddie Jones.
2: Wednesday's our main session, so it's our most physical session, and it's a testing session.
0: We're with him morning, afternoon and evening to find out about the routine of the England head coach throughout the Quilter Internationals. But first, let's start with Harry Williams. This is the first time I think we've actually sat down and had a proper chat. Uh, yeah, I think it might be, Vern, yeah. Uh, let's talk about young Harry, growing up as a lad. Yep. How did you how did you get into rugby? What kind of kid were you at school?
1: Not a very sporty kid. I think it's like, it's a pretty standard way. If you're not very good at footy, you sort of try rugby out. I tried it and I, was, I wasn't I was that good, uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. And then I used to go down there and I was, I was played for Old Lanians originally, like when I first started playing, because they were just the, my local team and then changed uh, to Old El Tamians, who are now. That one played there because I saw a few more friends from my school and that, and they played there. So I went down there and played for them, and then went to Whitgift School. I always really enjoyed playing. And Marlon Jard was there daily, who's, who's in the team there, but he was, he was there from when he was like 14, I think. Uh, George Merrick who plays for Harlequins. We had a lot, we had a lot of good people. But I was in there from like the very first. Year. I was in there from uh, years, year six, I think. So, oh, okay. Yeah, no.
0: So you got a mum who's a landscape gardener and a dad who's a, a bricklayer. Yeah. And some people would say that that's the reason why you're as big as you are. I've been training
1: since I was 15, doing weights and stuff. At school we always had real good facilities and stuff like that. I don't know really, I think it just kind of probably filled out a bit from when I was like 20, 21,
2: 22.
1: Mm. I was with Was originally, always part-time, like it always kind of took on a back burner. When I fully started training full-time, I'd be about 22 going on 23, so that probably helped as well. Were you always a gym rat? Were you always in there? I did quite enjoy it. I didn't mind going. It's like got kind of this gym culture, has not it? Everyone wants to be bigger and all this kind of stuff. And I do actually think there is actually some. We do get a little bit obsessed with it. I think that like if I could go back, it just play more rugby. It's like the more, it's the best thing you can do. And I was lucky enough to play a lot when I was a when I was a kid. But if you ever you're like trying to get bigger or trying to go in the gym at the detriment to actually playing the game, I do think it's like pointless. It's like a false
0: economy. There's not. You shouldn't really do it. Mm, that's good. Good to know. Good to know that the, the the real skills are on the field. You have to have a good work ethos. If I you, think you so, it yeah. In, you get it do, you, do you work hard uh, on and off the field?
1: Uh, yeah, like the last few years, definitely since been at Exa, I started working a lot harder. I was When I first joined, I was a little bit naive. There was a very distinct pecking order, and I came in like right at the bottom of it. And Was that a wide cr- awakening? I just realised that the only way I was going to really get an opportunity is I'd have to just take what I could, and, and I just and I needed to get a lot fitter, and I needed to work a lot harder than I was, because I think a lot of people, you feel like you are working hard. But if you actually break it down, you know, how much more can you actually be doing? And it probably took that on another level when I came into um, England camp.
0: Are you a real student of the game? Are you the kind of person who's constantly watching rugby and learning about uh, the mistakes that other players have made on the field? The kind of uh, ins and outs of the game, the technicalities of the game? Or are you a kind of person who relies on natural talent?
1: I definitely wouldn't say a lot of natural talent. Uh, I really enjoy watching rugby but I don't actually think it's that. I think people make it more complex than it is. And I think actually the higher level you go, it's basically just like, for all you need to do as a prop really is pushing the scrum um, (laughs) and make big tackles, clear our rocks and then carry the ball hard whenever you get it. And if you actually break it down like that, there isn't actually that much, there's not that much to it. I think people try and overcomplicate it too much. And the foundation to all that, the premise is probably fitness. So it's just, basically you just had to break it down to those component
0: parts did I do well at this this and this so it's not like getting getting caught up in the de- detail too much That's a refreshing take on the game and I think that's something that our young listeners will be able to take and move forward and adapt and put in their game You know, because like you say fitness is key uh, you don't necessarily have to be a student of the game yeah. but you have to do your job I think is a phrase that gets battered around quite a bit What do you like when you get home? So you finish training or you've, you've finished the game uh, you walk into your humbler board you close the door behind yeah. you what do you do? Cause you're a big I love, I love music the... techno <laughs> fan,
1: right? I really enjoy the music. I listen to the music sort of whenever I'm driving, and I and I do like I take a keen interest in like listening to sort of like new releases and all these and stuff. Like that. And it isn't to everyone's taste because sort of it's quite repetitive and there aren't many words. But um, <laughs> that's dance music for you. But, yeah. Do you I'm listen really... to select UK radio? On I used app? to when I was in London. Yeah. When you were used to uh, at school, we used to drive around in the car and you text your um.
0: Yeah, and check text and then get And you get
1: a shout out. And, and you, would, to be fair, the rate that guy would give shout outs was very, very quick. Get, yeah. You'd send the text in and about forty-five seconds to a minute later, you'd be getting a shout out. So it was like a very, very efficient system. But how do you know Select UK? Oh,
0: I love it. I'm the same as you. Do I love you? a bit of dance music. A little bit of techno. Yeah, but you can get you can listen to it wherever you are now on the on the tuning radio app. Kind so of, it's yeah. on there. Yeah, so if you put it in you get it up and it and I love my dance music and people say oh the essential selection yeah but on Select UK radio you can get dance music 24/7 live mixes and it's great. It really is good. I'm glad you listened to. And that. you get
1: a little bit of a personal spin as well cuz the because the sort of the DJs on there and he's MCing over the top it's actually quite nice. But that shows how far technology's come because back in the day we would if we drove near flipping Banstead from yeah. Croydon we wouldn't we'd go out of service and now it's yeah. like you can get it all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> that is but so true. Hi, this is Sam Underhill, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast
0: with O2 Inside Line. More from Harry Williams shortly, but now we can hear the first part of A Day in the Life of Eddie Jones.
2: Dylan, you alright, mate? Good. Hey, mate, you're right, starting now. Yeah, alright. you yeah. late start. <laughs> you usually get in the office about 5am. 5am, the phone's not ringing, there's not too many emails, not too many texts, so it's the the best thinking time. I find that your day works in cycles, that you have periods of of good activity and good thinking time and periods where it's not so good. So as you get to my age, you you learn out which which are the good periods and which aren't the good periods. Do all the bits and pieces before I have a workout at 6. It's not too hard a workout, mate. Basically, I don't think. And just do a bit of exercise, which ends up meaning you, you actually come up with some good thoughts when you're not thinking. So it's a bit of a contradiction. We start a series of meetings to get organised for the day, meet with Steve Borthwick, who uh, coordinates all the training. So we have a quick chat, and meet with the doctor, get a medical update, then we have a just finish a meeting with all the staff, all the coaching staff, about today's training. Well, Steve, you know, he's basically in charge of all the, the running of the program, so he's a key man for us, carries a lot of responsibility, so it'll be about the detail of training, selection, where we're up to, any other tactical issues, and then any planning issues in the future. Yeah, today we went through about 15 players that are injured that would normally be with us, so to see where they're up to, when will they be fit to play, when will they be fit to train? I think you just keep working out what the group needs, what the team needs. So this week's particularly about keeping enough edge in the program, making sure everyone's runs at their best.
0: It's a very early start for Eddie, but then the early bird always catches the worm, as we know. He'll be back in a little bit, but now let's get on with my chat with Harry Williams.
1: I'm playing Fortnite a little bit. Oh no, come on! Not only a little bit. I'm a casual player. I'm a casual. Right. Player. Okay.
0: And uh, do you play COD, Call of Duty?
1: No, I don't actually know. It's too hard, mate. It's Idiot. not. It's not fun. It's not like you have to see some benefit from playing the game. And i would play the game, and I would, I would literally get no kills, and I would die every every time. <laughs> I just don't. It's just like what's the? point? I'm, I'm poor enough for Fortnite. But the thing is in Fortnite, there's like the social aspects. You can play with your mates. Oh, okay. So it's, and it's good because you sort of like you're, you're chatting. It's like it's quite it's quite fun. You know, you do the building. Uh, no, can but you can you can you cook? I cook a bit. Yeah. No, I've got a few signature dishes. Which are um, Spanish chicken always Spanish chicken three times
0: a week what's um, the difference between Spanish chicken and Peri Peri Nando's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nando's Nando's as well Um well Nando's is the best chicken you Nando's can is
0: it's South African company but it's Portuguese
1: food Peri Peri is it mm. if you're ever down in Devon go to the Exeter Nando's because there is no better Nando's on planet earth than Exeter Nando's shout out Exeter Nando's <laughs> it's so
0: good so uh, you can cook you, you like your dance music do you make your own bed I don't know what you're quite, do you quite. Do I literally make my own bed? Yeah, you know, not, yeah, I not do. the actual bed, that, but when you've slept in it, every you, morning, yeah. yeah, every single
1: morning, yeah, of you course, make your yeah. bed yeah. to a military know, yeah, standard. I have it, yeah, I have it to a decent standard. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't like if you were in the core, it wouldn't pass. But it's like definitely good. Like I know exactly how I like it. I do it the, so the buttons are at the end. Yeah, it looks good. That's a weird, strange question. What's... Yeah, it is.
0: I'm just trying to figure out you, the man. All oh, right, okay. and then do you have two pillows? How many pillows do you have? Just two, two pillows. All right. um, wait, are... wait, 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 right. wait, wait. <laughs> When you make your bed, do you put the duvet over the first pillow so that the second pillow sits on top of the duvet, or do you put your duvet over two pillows stacked? There's only two pillows, yeah. So I, I lay the duvet down flat because
1: it covers the whole, right. the whole bed, and, and then you put the, the two duvets, the two pillows next to each other. Oh, okay. Just on top, just like straight up and down. There's no, yeah. Now the only thing I'm not, I'm quite against is this like cushions. Like
0: we're, we're, oh behave a lot. Yeah. Of, do you know what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't. I think we should hang out because we could be really close friends. What do you I hate <laughs> cushions. <laughs> Like I hate the percussion's
1: like to the end of the bed. I just don't really, I don't really understand it. It's just pure, it's like style over function. With bed, I'm all about function.
0: Right, and I've noticed that a lot of England lads are very selective in uh, what they put in their man bag. But are you quite specific at home in your bathroom in how your, all your products are laid? Well, I don't really
1: have that many products. I have toothpaste, toothbrush, those little flossing, little violin things. Do you use that? Yeah, I did actually recently start using. Next there's a new dentist that's opened down in town. A load of the lads went to it, and they were, I think they were a bit shocked with the results. Will come out with gingivitis, like whatever that is. I don't want to have that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best podcast we've ever done. Was, is that a thing? Yeah, with the bleeding gums, yeah. the bleeding gums. Yeah. yeah, and like I don't, and I was like, and I was like, oh what? Because I, I genuinely thought that was like normal, like just having bleeding gums. So no, you apparently won't it isn't. Like yeah, no. So now I now I floss, um, and use an electric toothbrush, and hopefully when I go in, I'll they'll be uh, they'll be they'll be, be alright.
0: Dental hygiene, I like that. It's uh, crucial. It is. So in your downtime, <laughs> how do you relax? What do you do? Do you like going out with your mates, socialising? Oh yeah, yeah
1: socialising, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, don't, so basically I coach a team on Tuesday and Thursdays, uh, and then I've just started taking French lessons on Wednesday. So I'm sort of like, I don't really want to give myself too much more to do. Why do like you French lessons? Because I want to learn French. Um, <laughs> what... <laughs> I know, but no, I <laughs> it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a, it's not like, definitely not like a dream of mine, but it's something that, like, I've, whenever I've gone over there and played, I played in Bordeaux a couple of years ago. Um, we played in Cast recently, which was a pretty poor game from us, and I didn't, wasn't too sure about Cast as a place, but whenever I go over there, I do quite like the sort of French. They culture. Well, aren't like the culture, yes it's sort of culture. It's a bit more relaxed. I think obviously not not while nothing right now. I'm really happy with the situation I've got. At the minute, I really like extra and I really like playing for my, my country. So obviously it's just an impossibility. But mm. I just think it's like it's a place I'd certainly, you know, at least like to go and visit. And I think it's like you can get a little bit because you're just rugby twenty four seven and you're in the meetings and then I'm coaching, it's just a bit I think I was just sort of you can your mind can just start I de- after I left the, fir- I've only ever had from one lesson. I'm missing them now because I'm on, on camera. But after I left the first lesson, I felt like really kind of like energized and stuff because I just felt that like I'd actually done, I'd used my brain for an hour. But I felt that like I was a lot better when I was at school, like holding information and stuff like think because I was always like thinking and always having to like, you know, like consider stuff. And I, I think it definitely helps your just like continual mental development stuff like that.
0: We visit France quite a bit, myself and and the family. And one thing I I find amazing is that. If you look at the diet of your average French person, they eat a lot of cheese, a lot of wine, a lot of bread, uh, a lot of rich foods, high in carbs, high in fats, yeah. but you never see a fat Frenchman. Why do you think that is? I think it's because all the food is fresh. You know, the bread is fresh. It's baked that morning. It goes off by three o'clock, so they just bin it. And I think the fact that the food doesn't have many preservatives in it.
1: So I've got, actually got a good mate of mine, plays out in Rouen. He said this, like, the weird thing they do over there is they only, they only eat three meals a day. They don't have, like, snacks or anything like that. But every meal has a, a starter, a main, and a and a pudding.
0: Yeah. So I, Yeah. No,
1: it's true. Which is a different. it yeah. Seems like yeah. But what is two hours for lunch? I heard two hours for lunch.
0: Yeah, because it's the way that they digest their food. So I did I, I did A level French. Bonjour, and uh, <laughs> when I when I I went on the French exchange twice with a young gentleman called Bertrand Fiche. And his mum was a traditional, uh, they were traditionally French family. And what they do is they serve every element of the meal separately. And then you mop up whatever's left with the bread. So the potatoes would come first, then the vegetables, then your piece of meat, and then maybe, I don't know, something else, some more veg. And so they eat systematically. So when he came to our house, Sunday roast, everything was on one plate. He thought he was going to get four of those. And he was like, oh! (laughs) <laughs> what is this? Like, Don't worry, that's, that's your whole thing. Uh, Surely he wasn't that.
1: And he never yeah. left his French village. Never... Exactly. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Honestly, it's true. Surely he
0: must have. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Surely not. Remember to subscribe to the England Rugby Podcast through Aircast or iTunes for all previous episodes, which include interviews with Anthony Watson, Jack Noel, Maro Atogi, and many more. Here's the second instalment of A Day in the Life of Eddie Jones.
2: I need you to attack this, so this first half is far. Attack it, attack it, attack it, there you go, there you go. Today's, we call it game training, so we try to replicate the game. Things that we've learnt over Tuesday, try to put it under game-like pressure. At various stages have fatigue, various stages have bits of the game which are above game speed and see how the players respond, so prepare them for the game for the weekend. Wednesday's our main session, so it's our most physical session and it's a testing session. Jonas is a very highly accomplished uh, speed coach, he's coached British Olympic runners and uh, we want the backs to get quicker, we've got one of the smallest back lines in the world. So we need to be super quick and we have a consistent program where the players do not just speed training, but speed training for rugby once or twice a week. We usually have a squad meeting just before lunch. We find that's the best time where the players learn. The first part of the meeting was a recap, testing the knowledge of of what we learnt yesterday. And the second part was and the main part of the meeting was the players presenting about defence so generally speaking probably the players do sixty percent of the presentations we you know we want a play driven environment we want the players to own their performance own responsibility for the team and that's developing very nicely with them they're then able to eat then have a sleep then i had a meeting with an AFL coach who's over here, Chris Fagan, who's from the Brisbane Lions, and he's uh, over here trying to improve his coaching. We always take the opportunity to, to meet with those coaches, try to pick their brains, find out how we can improve it, what we're doing. I run most of the team bits in terms of coordinating it, and then the assistant coaches, so Mitch looks very closely at our defence. Why is he Scott Wiseman man, our attack? Stephen Hatz look at the general forward play. The planning is done before the series, so we've got a pretty good idea of training loads, what the players need to do. But then, obviously, we get various sorts of reports on the players' wellness, which gives us some group figures, and then we look at each player individually and we'll modify their training according to what they need. It's constantly evolving, but we have a plan. We have a plan now... For each day of the World Cup preparation. So we've got 11 weeks. So each day we know what sort of training we want to do. The exact detail of each training is yet to be done. But that will be done probably in the next six months of what we'll do. And then it's just fine tuning from there. Hi, this is Ben Teo. And you're listening to England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line.
0: Thanks for that, Eddie. Now for my final part of Harry Williams. Let's talk about the future. Uh, the future, yeah. The you future. seem like you've got your head screwed on and you, and you seem Cheers, quite mate. focused and dedicated. Uh, have you planned out what's going to happen uh, post-rugby? Have you got any ideas apart from living in a French chateau?
1: Not really, no. I would like to do something chilled, I think. Like just, yeah, do you like, like coaching? Low pressure. That, yeah, yeah, no, I like coaching. You do? Um, when I finish playing, I would definitely like to have sort of a small period of time out yeah, like a, a not a sabbatical or something, but yeah, maybe maybe a recharge. Like that. Yeah, like a, maybe like a year, just kind of doing doing my own thing, and I'd like to be in a position where I'm be able to do that, and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't have to leave sort of like, oh, you know what I'm going to do, and then after that, just kind of take take it as it comes, really, and I, I haven't really thought too much further ahead than that.
0: Yeah, nice. So as it stands, you you've just received your 12th cap for England. Yep. Uh, so the momentum's there. How do you keep this? Going, how do you keep your career with England uh, pushing forward? Because you talked a lot about club rugby and how much you enjoy that, and it yep. it took you a while to get used to the system, so to speak. Do you enjoy your time in England camp?
1: I do. Yeah, I think that as 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 I've got more uh, acclimatized to it and more familiar with the squad. Um, it's definitely helped because like when I when now, I first
0: saw you in camp, you were a bit wide-eyed and, and bushy-tailed at first. Do you think what well, <laughs> yeah, I think so? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, when you first get to anywhere, you're obviously going to be a little more apprehensive because mm. you
1: don't you don't know the layout you don't know like the the I suppose it's like the the agreed upon set of norms for the for the squad and stuff like that. But I feel like I definitely do know that now. I'm very familiar with the with the squad and with the lads and the coaches. So no, I, I am enjoying it. I think that for me it's just consistency really and. I need to sort of try and get rid of like having like a real good game one week and then sort of you know an average game the uh mm. average game the next or a poor game just do that for club and then when I come in just maximize every opportunity I get and not you know whatever I'm asked to do just do it do it as well as I can really I can't really as long as I do that I can I can finish with a clear conscience and I'd like to keep playing I'd like to have a lot lot more England caps and do some real good things with the team and I think we are as a collective heading in the right direction I think that it's like we're not you know, we had a real dip in form in this year and there's no real getting away from that. But I think that we are steadily turning the ship around and, we're, and, we're, and I feel that we are in a good place as a squad and I know and we know that we're, we're heading in the right direction.
0: Well, listen, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed, that. Really thanks, enjoyed thanks, that. That was good fun. That was a real insight into yourself, uh, the man, the rugby player and uh, the guy behind the closed door. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank you. The delightful Harry Williams, I think you'll agree, but we're not done yet. Let's end by hearing how Eddie Jones finishes off his dare.
2: Hey Manu. All the players did strength in their groups, and then we had a positional specific group meeting where the players came back with the, the key issues in their particular positions. Great work by the players, they've worked really hard, been energetic, done some good work on and off the field. We're going to have a steam bath now and then players are going out for dinner and the coaching staff will go out for dinner. Come back, maybe do a little bit, maybe not, a bit tired at the moment mate, so I might go to sleep pretty early, maybe about 11, 12. Late in the week, which we're getting to now, generally you've done everything you can so it's pretty easy to sleep. Steam bath mate, that does the trick.
0: There we are, a day in the life of Eddie Jones. I'm sure there's an insight for everyone there. Steam baths, we'll take one of them right now, please. That's all for this week and the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Big thanks to the big man, Eddie Jones, for letting us in on his daily routine. And of course, to Harry Williams. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also check out the official England Rugby social channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat for much, much more from the England team. Thanks for listening and goodbye.